you know, it was nerve wracking to bring myself to calling front row initially, just because really, I, yeah, uh, just because yeah. I was like, I don't know what they're going to ask, and I don't know how to answer it. You know, <laughs> well, like, let's face it, our like, industry is is kind of plagued with stigma, and absolutely, you know, I mean, yeah, we're a few steps up from uh, car salesmen, right? So. Right there, you go. Hey everybody, it's Cameron here from the first bonus episode of Framework. Uh, I've got a special guest today and we're talking about something a little bit different than the past couple of episodes that we've done. Um, insurance. Um, and specifically uh, specifically uh, professional and production insurance and a few other types of insurance as well. With, uh, with, uh, with somebody whom I recently met, but I think uh, whom uh, I've uh, made a good connection with. We've had a couple of phone calls over, uh, over the past uh, month or so. And, uh, and uh, his name's Steve, and I'll just let him do a quick introduction of, of himself, and he'll tell you about yourself, and then, um, and then you know, we'll kind of just jump right into uh, a conversation about, uh, about insurance. And uh, this is a great topic that I think is very important for um, young filmmakers, um, but also um, filmmakers who might not be uh might, might not be young but might need to uh, have a refresher on exactly um what steve does and what uh what his company does so uh so steve i'll just let you do a little quick introduction Sounds of great. yourself and uh, and your background and uh what company you work for okay hey cameron thanks a lot i appreciate having me uh out today to talk about this so my name is steve Beatty. i'm with front row insurance brokers and uh, our brokerage firm is a Canadian company that uh, specializes in working with companies in arts, entertainment, media, and culture. So we cover the gamut of, uh, of different types of companies, whether they're film producers, animators, uh, documentary producers, live events, live performance. We, we, we kind of go right across the spectrum in the world of entertainment. So um, my background is, uh, is about 33, 34 years in the industry now. And for about 28 of those years, I've been working as a broker, um, working with clients. And about 20 years ago, I started to specialize more in the entertainment world. And it's been a transition sort of over those 20 years to the point where I now exclusively only work with uh, companies in the arts and entertainment world. So it's been a nice transition. It's been a great opportunity to kind of take my my love of the arts and uh, meld them in with my professional life and, um, you know, kind of live vicariously through many of my uh, my clients projects. So it's kind of a cool, cool part of if you're going to be in the insurance business, it's kind of a fun part of it to be in. Um, so we are brokers and um, our role is to work with uh, the film producers and uh, to help them navigate their way through the insurance to try and figure out what their risks are, the best way to protect themselves from those risks in a project. And then what we are is a, is a communicator between the producer and the actual insurance company. So for most people, they wonder who, how it all fits in. Um, but a broker is really the one that you're dealing with and we're speaking with the insurance company on your behalf. So when it comes to having a broker, you know, you do want somebody who you can communicate well with, who you get along well with, and who really can embrace sort of the vision that you have for your project and help you, help you get it insured. Um, so we do, we do the, we keep, we, we avoid you having to talk directly to insurance companies. The only time you're going to be direct, dealing directly with insurers and their reps are generally if you have a claim. So if you find yourself involved, something's gone sideways on a production and now you're dealing with an insurance claim that's when you'll start dealing directly with the insurance company and uh, what they would assign as an adjuster who would look after that but again a, a broker should be there to advocate on your behalf and help you through that entire process because it can be tricky at times and it's a pretty stressful time for most people going through uh, you know through an insurance claim particularly when it's the first time maybe for some of the, your listeners, you know, they're, they're maybe newer producers. They've maybe bought some insurance, but they've perhaps never gone through an insurance claim. And I'll tell you, it can be stress inducing to go through. So uh, again, looking at your broker, that's, that's your frontline person that you want to talk to. Yeah. And it, it, it's definitely, it, it, you know, these, these types of things that are perceived as, you know, uh, you know, kind of daunting or, you know, unfamiliar for, for some people are, like you said, could be, 
could be stress inducing, but it's good to have a good relationship with the broker that, um, that you might Absolutely. be dealing with or that you consistently yeah. deal with over the course of, uh, yeah. you know, X number of, of, of productions. Um, yeah. and uh, so we, we've had a few discussions about kind of what, what, you know, what topics to, to cover. I mean, there's a huge world of, uh, insurance and types of insurance and types yeah, of claims. Are. And, you know, I want, I, I obviously do want this to be as, uh, you know, conversational as possible, but just to start off, let's, let's talk about, um, you know, we'll, we'll sort of talk about what we started with, um, earlier, which was just that, that stigma that exists, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and how we can go about, um, u- utilizing platforms like this to break down the, the some of those barriers and kind of make it um, yeah. a little bit more um, accessible for people um, like yeah. myself, who's really only um, purchased the insurance once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. And um, and the experience that I had with Front Row Insurance the first time was excellent. And so this is a great. It's great to hear. You know, this is a great segue into uh, into talking about insurance. Very fitting that it is with your company. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, no, no. There's. I hear what you're saying about the stigma. You know, there, there. People are nervous about insurance. People, right? And again, yeah. from a. This is from a guy that sold insurance now for nearly thirty years, and. Did a lot of commercial insurance, a lot of different types of industries. And, you know, invariably, those early conversations can be a little bit, um, not awkward, but I mean, people can be nervous that somehow you're going to walk them into buying something that that they don't necessarily want to buy, right? right. And, and let's face it, buying insurance isn't necessarily the, uh, the sexiest um, thing that you get to do on your project, but it, it can be a really important thing. So that's why I, I mean, I encourage anybody who's listening to if they've got a project, if there's something they're working on, reach out to a couple of brokers, reach out and make either through an through email, um, ideally a range of telephone conversations. So you get to really get a sense of who the broker is and, and um, tell them about your project, right? Tell them about what you're doing. And, uh, get their feedback really early on because sometimes what we'll do is, you know, we'll get people coming to us very enthusiastically about a project and it's an exciting project, but there's certain things they may not have considered. You know, there could be issues on a documentary, you know, you can run into issues around privacy or confidentiality. You can run into issues around whether you can get the permission or whether you need the permission. Um, there might be other things in a, in a film or a TV series that present extra physical risks, right? Or there may be issues around your cast. Like if you know that you've got a cast member who's older or has the medical, maybe some past medical issues, you know, it's important to have those conversations very early on, as early as you possibly can have, just so that you're alerted as you're negotiating your various contracts and looking at your scheduling and everything else, you're prepared, right? You're prepared right from the, the first get-go of, of when you're in development. Um, there's nothing worse, you know, than having somebody who's 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 got pretty far down the pipeline and then they discover there's something that might be either cost them more on the insurance or maybe more difficult to insure. So we want to, you know, you want to be alerted to those very early on. And I think what you'll find as a filmmaker is if you find a broker that is um, that you're comfortable with talking to and, and telling them about your project, then it's going to make it a lot less daunting, right? It's going to make it a lot easier to continue to have those conversations. And they become a partner with you, right? They become mm-hmm. a, a professional service partner. I, I mean, I, I say the same thing for working with the entertainment lawyers as well. We're really lucky in Canada. Um, and a lot of my film and TV work is done in Canada. I have projects that shoot all over, but I mean, a lot of them are Canadian producers, but we're really lucky in Canada to have a lot of very, very excellent, uh, excellent uh, legal uh, people who specialize in entertainment, but also very approachable people. And, um, you know, most of them that I know will pick, you know, happy to pick up a, a call and have a chat and discuss 
a project and some of the issues to be thinking about making sure that you're, you know, as I said earlier, your releases, making sure you're, you know, what licenses you need to get, making sure that you've got the rights. If it's, if there's some underlying material that your story is based on, you know, they'll talk to you about some of those things, you know, and then, and that's priority retaining them. You know, it, it's, it's something that you can just get some good information. Um, you know, obviously with law firms, unlike us, you are paying them by the hours. So it, you, there is a point at which, you know, you're, you're going to have to put a retainer in place, but we are, we're paid, we're paid a little differently because uh, we are uh, paid on a, a commission by an insurance company, the company that ends up ultimately underwriting the policy. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, and if you call a broker and it doesn't seem to be what you want, then call the next one and have that same discussion. You know, our, our job really, their job should not be to tell you why you can't do your project. Our job should be to figure out how you get your project insured so you're not compromising, you know, your creative vision uh, in order to satisfy an insurance company. We really don't want insurance companies shaping the creativity of our, uh, of our film and TV production clients. You know, yeah. I don't know how fun TV would be then. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think making it clear, I think making it clear that um, a broker, insurance brokers like yourself and your colleagues and uh, and anyone at the office of Front Row or any other company that, that does this sort of service, it, they're, they're not doing it to try and shut anybody down. They're doing it no. to try and uh, find solutions for things that need solutions or find yeah. ways to ensure the project while also maintaining the vision of the of the uh, exactly. the producer and the the creative team so that's our end goal you yeah. know our end goal is to get it insured but what i do really encourage anyone who's talking to a broker is sometimes people will be afraid to say things because oh gosh what if it affects the insurance or that i tell the tell your broker everything about your project right like make sure you don't keep anything to yourself on it yeah. because you know we've had i've had many situations fortunately none that necessarily have been claims but where you find out after the fact about something that that took place and you know you just want to have we all want to have our eyes wide open when we're we're going into this because you know policies uh, insurance policies are full of terms and conditions and they have exclusions and they have things that really can you know, uh, affect the outcome of a claim. And a big part of it is disclosure, is making sure we're disclosing to the insurance company, to the underwriter. So the underwriter, again, is working for the insurance company. We want to be able to disclose everything that's material. And that's a really, really critical thing. So you want to have a broker that's 100%. You also want to have a broker that's kind of probing questions and asking, okay, well, what about this? And what, what about doing that? And one of the beauties of dealing with a specialty broker is you know they know the questions to ask they know how a film is made they know what the equipment is they know when there's stunts and special effects we kind of we have an understanding of how these things work and therefore we're able to drill down on them together and um, pull the salient information and the details out so that we can communicate it well and we will like we'll we'll get into conversations with clients about special effects you know who's who's coordinating it what's involved in it what are the safety precautions that are being taken? You know, are the necessary permits being obtained, licenses, you know, fire marshals, uh, sign offs, are all these things being done? Because we want to simply make sure that there's nothing that could occur if a claim occurs, if, if there's a damage or there's an injury. We want to make sure you're well set up for making the claim. You know, you don't want anything to come out that wasn't disclosed in a claim because it can really, it can result, depending on what the situation is, it could result in the insurance company, you know, voiding your policy or just not paying the claim, denying yeah. the claim. And and the reality is, is when claims are denied, it's it's not a it's not a happy day for anybody. No. You know, you've got, you know, as a film producer, you've got rental houses, locations, all kinds of obligations that you've got to think about. Yeah, and the whole idea of, of asking those questions and having those discussions is just you know doing uh, you know doing your best to mitigate the risk of that. So that's that's exactly it. Um, that's exactly it. Uh, I did have a question. Maybe we could talk about the different kinds of of insurance. Sure. Yeah, we so, can. Yeah. So, um, what kinds of insurance exist, and and what um, what applicate when are they needed, and what what is the difference between them and I guess the popular ones are the obviously the 
you know, the, the production insurance. And then there's mm-hmm. also the E&O that we talked about. Yeah. What the heck yeah. is E&O? What, what the <laughs> heck is E&O? <laughs> so E&O is errors and emissions. That's what it stands for. And it's uh, errors and emissions liability. So I often call it media liability, media errors and emissions liability. And what it's designed to do is it, it's all relating in many cases to intellectual property so infringement of others intellectual property copyrights Um, but it also gets into things around defamation invasion of privacy um, idea misappropriation uh, plagiarism all of these different things get bundled into these producers errors and emissions policies and you do find them uh, generally mandated on you as a film producer Um, you, you generally are asked to get that by your financiers it could be you know, public government funding. It could be private funding coming from a broadcaster or a distributor, uh, another financial partner. And really what it is designed to do is to respond to a claim where there's an allegation of, for instance, a copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a situation where somebody, you know, you've got this film, there's a screenplay for it. Somebody comes out and says, you know what, that's based on my short story that I wrote in 1985. And, you know, they established that, you know, they're trying to make the allegation and trying to establish that there was plagiarism and that these this idea and the story has been misappropriated and now is being used in your film. And that's just one example of what can happen. We can also, documentaries, you know, you get into other things, right? You're dealing maybe on private matters. You know, you've got issues around uh, consent uh, what facts can be shared. You might have a documentary. Something I'm always uh, looking at on documentaries is it's one thing to have a release from somebody who's appearing as a subject in the documentary. But what happens when they start talking and telling a story about others in their lives? It could be family members, friends, spouses, ex-spouses, ex-partners. These are all things where all of a sudden those individuals haven't signed a release necessarily. And you've got to start thinking about it. Yeah, right. there's there's a documentary that I, I I haven't seen. It looks interesting, but I haven't seen I haven't seen the first episode yet. But there's a documentary series that came out on Netflix that was about how Donald Trump got into power. But I don't think oh. he's actually in the documentary. So yeah, that's, I felt like that could be a messy situation. Like what, you know what I mean? Well, like it, I don't know exactly what's in place that allows them to talk freely about um, a politician or in this case a former president. Well, you know, and it is interesting, right? You have different um, different liberties that, that can be taken yeah. depending on the individual, right? The public nature of the individual, politicians have a different, you know, than a private citizen who is just going about living their, their life or somebody who, you know, maybe doesn't understand. We've run into trouble before where somebody does sign a release, but they don't really understand exactly you know, what it is that their story, how their story is going to be told, or it's, you know, you like to think that all filmmakers, you know, are, you know, telling the story as it's been told to them, but things can be changed and people can be shown in a much different light. And Mm -hmm. that can be an issue, even when you have a release, you know, they could challenge that release saying that that's not the way it was communicated to me. You know, you also get in issues around the capacity of the individual. Right. Um, you know, do they have the capacity to understand it? Um, or what if their story's been told when they're a child and, you know, um, they then grow up, their parent, their guardian has signed a release on their behalf, but then they're saying, well, now I'm a, an adult. I didn't want, I don't want that story out there. So you can get into issues there and those can come, you know, years down the road as well so that's where you get into the eno and then eno also brings in the issues like around music and any, anything else that's you know being used in your production so if yeah. you use licensed music that's one thing but if you know you retain and engage a composer to you know write an original score for your your project or just original music for your you know then then you've got to think about the originality there and and is there a risk that they've you know taken that music from someone else. So this is why the ENO is looked at by anyone who's funding the project. Um, they want to make sure it's in there because one of the risks you can potentially run into is, you know, um, you know, possibly like think of it if, if all of a sudden you've got an allegation around um, uh, plagiarism 
or you know using somebody else's underlying rights or breaching those rights and all of a sudden you find yourself faced with an injunction you know production crews ready to go and next thing you know boom in comes a court injunction stopping you from producing until this gets sorted out and um you know that has happened we we do see it happen it's not a common occurrence but it's an expensive one when it occurs and um like a lot of these policies, ENO is particularly valuable for the payment of your legal fees. Because anytime we think of liability insurance, whether it's bodily injury liability or errors and emissions insurance, true value is in the payment of the payment of the legal fees to defend it, the claim, by the insurance company. And when you consider that, you know, most lawyers are going to be, you know. 550 to 850 dollars an hour it doesn't take long to have a very large legal bill mm -hmm. right when it yeah. comes to an allegation so the policy can suddenly become very valuable at that point and the thing yeah. is even if the allegation's groundless right even if the allegation has no basis in reality you still have to speak to the claim and you still have to be able to manage it and defend yourself properly so that's where the real value comes on an eno policy yeah. And I mean, you know, as an independent producer, they're the, the you know, $550 an hour, like kills you, you know, like, it's, yeah. you know, when yeah. when every penny is counted, there's, yeah, it's scary that but and this may not exactly relate exclusively to E&O insurance, but just insurance in general, and, and the process um, as you know, I'm dealing with uh, two projects right now. One that's non-union, mm -hmm. entirely non-union, and the other one is um, an is an actual project. Um, and I guess I guess what's what I've been sort of unclear about, and maybe what some of our audience members and young producers and emerging producers or working producers are possibly unclear about, especially the ones that deal in independent production, you know they they know from like a business standpoint they might know from a business standpoint what the benefits of incorporating are but mm -hmm. th does mm -hmm. incorporating would that ever like would that make the process easier or different um in terms of eno or any other kinds of insurance it doesn't really change the 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 process of purchasing insurance um the way the policies are set up is we're going to set them up in the name of whoever's contracting whoever's holding the rights you have legal greater legal protection as an incorporated entity as opposed to an individual and and the general the premise is, is that under a corporation, you are going to have some personal protection so that if there is a claim, you know, your personal assets aren't necessarily at risk or vulnerable in the event of a, a legal claim against you. So one of the reasons, you know, to incorporate is to give yourselves as, as the principles of that company, some legal protection. So I think that's, that's more the reason, like from the standpoint, we do have people who produce projects personally and we, we insure them as individuals as opposed to corporations. Um, but certainly worth, again, when you're looking at a project, um, you know, you want to make sure that you talk to your lawyer about best way to structure your, your corporate entity. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the policy, if you do it as an individual, it's going to respond the same way and it's going to protect you and defend you and whether it's an eno policy or a bodily injury or property damage policy it's going to it's going to respond the same way the key thing is that what you want to do is make sure that any locations you know you, whatever name your contract whatever name you're putting on the policy that should be the name that you're contracting with locations with talent and artists with uh, equipment rental houses mm -hmm. you want to make sure it's consistent with any agreements you've got with you know, broadcasters or distributors or other funders, right? You want to have that fairly consistent across the board. And we see that commonly where people will just set up a single purpose production company just simply to put everything within that project. Um, it also limits, you know, it can, it can limit some exposure if, you know, if you, t if you think of an organization that has a parent organization and multiple subsidiaries, again, they try to keep it within the subsidiary to avoid the assets of the parent company from being exposed. Right. The interesting thing right, right now is the two projects that I'm working on are, are 
very different in many different ways. The one project that's coming up um, that's coming up next week is um, the I'm not the producer. The producer uh, is incorporated. Okay. Um, and I believe um, just recently dealt with front row insurance for setting up like um, like an like annual insurance for the okay. incorporation because yep. she plans on yep. doing more than one uh, per year. And I think the way that it's set up, if you do like three or four a year, it's financially, it's economical for the producer. Yeah, we can do it that way. Um, yeah, and that is a good way to do it. So that that is uh, that is an option. You don't have to, Always, you know, yeah. making yeah. it aware to, to people too it, that is important just for them to know that, you know, it doesn't have to be like an eight or $900 expense every time you do it. If no, you no, want I mean, it, you there are other advertise. options. Yeah, you can, you absolutely. Can, you yeah. can, you know, under an umbrella of uh, of insurance for the year, you can do multiple productions and actually um, save money that way. Which I think is a which I think is an attractive thing to mention for for some well, young producers. If if the first thing yeah. on their mind is we want to do it a little cheaper, you know. Yeah, well, um, and that's a fair. You know, let's face it. You want to put all your money in front, you know, in front of the camera, not not into insurance. And we get that. And yeah, I think you know, doing the annual policies is a great way to go if you fit within the parameters. So usually it's, you know, if projects are, and it would vary, but you know, if your shooting periods are less than um, say sixty days or nine or production period, you know, for shorter format things. So like if yeah. we're doing. Uh, a pro a policy for someone who does short films or you know uh, documentaries you know that have more of a limited production period yeah um, you know certainly use them for people who shoot commercials and things of that nature because what you don't want to do there's two reasons one is it's very expensive to buy an individual policy every time but also just logistically it's easier right if you're yeah. going to always be using the same corporation you know what then you've got an annual policy you yeah. go and rent some gear, we can issue certificates, you know, you can put out annual certificates in many cases so that you're just, you're not having to think about it each time. Um, usually when the production periods are longer or the, you know, so the, sh the period of principal photography is longer and then a longer post-production period until delivery, generally those will, you'll find, you'll set those up as individual uh, policies just specifically for that project. And um, it's a nice way to go, but, I mean, when, you, when you're thinking of the insurance, you know, I think you, you kind of got to think about it from the standpoint of insuring your things and things that you're responsible for and then other people's things and other people if they get injured, right? It's right. kind of a, I always call it a first party, which is yourself and a third party, which are other people, right? right? So, you know, you've got, um, if you're shooting, um, you know, for everything that you shoot, for instance, all your data, if you're shooting, you know, digitally, then you've got that that's your property you want to consider whether that's something you want to insure so if you have a technical issue um, or you have something that damages um, you know your cards or your drives and you have to go back and reshoot something consideration do i want to insure that is that something that of mine that i want to insure if you have your own equipment package you know your company has some camera and lighting equipment Again, first party, do you want to insure that? Is that a risk you need to insure? We do tend to throw the rental equipment in under those same covers because while they're somebody else's property, they are under your care, right? So we treat them as though they're your property and we insure them the same way as we'd insure your, your property. And when you get into the third party or the, you know, the that's where we talked about E&O, but then we've got situations where like if somebody's injured on set, how do we, how do we deal with that, right? Or, or a passerby gets injured right. or you're shooting in a location and you know a light sets off a sprinkler head and starts to flood the building that you're in these are all third-party claims and that's where it's hard to quantify sometimes what your exposure is a little right. easier when you're you're when you're looking at your own stuff because you know the value of it you know how much it costs to produce what you've produced but the third party stuff is is where the money really you know where the dollars can be spent significantly spent on legal fees yeah. and also satisfying what the damages are so these are things to think about and is that with that under the umbrella of third party is that general liability insurance is that yeah. is that that's yeah. separate or yeah that's, that's a, commercial general liability exactly yeah. yeah and that's that's like a big that would be a big portion of uh the premium for your short shoot insurance or 
what have yeah. you. Yeah, I think. That's... Yeah, like depending what you're doing, right? Like the yeah. it's it'll be based on the risk level. So something that's fairly innocuous isn't going to have a huge premium attached to it. But you know, if you're getting into something with special effects or stunts, or you know, you start um, looking at other lines of liability exposure, like you know aircraft watercraft you know things of that nature all of a sudden you can start adding in mm-hmm. uh, additional premium for those things again these are all reasons to be talking early with somebody about it so they can say oh okay so you're planning to do this so you you're going to have to factor in you know what is the risk what is the premium going to be what kind of coverage do we have to look at mm-hmm. if you're doing certain activities but the commercial general liability is what you'll see most of your locations asking for yep. they're going to be part of rental agreements um, yep. of all kinds yeah absolutely i'm producing a film called distance and it's a sci-fi um project where we're building a set sort of in a in a uh an abandoned classroom i mean okay. it's not abandoned in the sense that there's asbestos or anything but like it, you know it's uh it's a new space that's about the size of a classroom um and the the situation is the the d- director's sister is Actra, and okay. they kind of they kind of conceived the project together, you know, and so she was from the beginning kind of intended as uh, as the lead, um, but of course, okay. you know, with that comes the involvement of the union, um, right. the involvement of her agent, and the necessity for the other actor to be uh, union as well. Of course. Um, so there, there, there's factors involved that are um, that are unfamiliar to me because I've I've only ever produced in the non-union space. Right. Um, right. But I've reached out. I reached out to uh, her agent and Actra to get a guidance on how to do like a low-budget uh, Actra project, okay. which there yeah. is there are guidelines for. Right. Longer than my arm, but there there <laughs> um, there are guidelines. And of course, the necessity for two million dollar general liability insurance, similar to, um, to if you were to do like rental equipment, which we are also doing, is uh, is required. And then there was um, a one additional piece of the puzzle for insurance, which was WSIB and or um, and or uh, AOS accident onset in insurance. Right. Yeah. And we had a phone call actually about yeah. um, this yeah. project to talk about yeah. if I needed both or which or how that worked and um, what that was going to what that was going to cost me on top of the premium for the um, the production insurance. Right. So that's kind of the situation that we're in. And also something to add to which I, I might have mentioned is the crew is volunteer non-union. Got it. Um, we are traveling uh, for there's no special scenes of violence or stunts or intimacy or any sort of things like okay. that. Okay. Um, so there's nothing like that exists. Um, and uh, the it's unclear as to what the value of the equipment's going to be because we have a potential for a sponsorship. But if we don't get the sponsorship, obviously we'll have less equipment right. due to costs. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we get the sponsorship, we'll have a commercial vehicle. If not, not. So that's kind of the situation that I'm in right now. We're shooting at the end of October, which is exciting. It's a, it's a great learning experience. Um, But maybe there's something that, you know, from my explanation that you noticed. Yeah. There's a whole bunch there actually, you know, to kind of like, and it's worth sort of unpacking all of that because this is, this is a very, what you, what you've just, the way you've explained it is a very typical conversation that we will have with our, clients and prospective clients so it's a perfect sort of case study to think about so mm-hmm. um, looking at your people so your actors and your crew there's there's two different thoughts I have there so for your actra uh, contracted the ones you're engaging under an actor contract um, actor does require that you have and this is pretty typical of any union they do require that you have some accident insurance some insurance available to their members if they are injured and that they they have to you know sustain you know there's medical bills or there's loss of potential wages and things of that nature so what actors say is that you have a choice you can either go with wsib which is the uh, workplace safety and insurance board and um, that's that's a provincial workers compensation insurance Um, you'll find in each of the provinces in on 
in Canada, um, they each have a a, 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 a provincially managed uh, government program for workers' comp. So actors say, look, in Ontario, you can go to WSIB and insure the people there. Or what actor have is accident on set that you mentioned. And accident on set is 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 considered an equivalent to WSIB. And it and it it really is a very broad plan. It's it's probably the most equivalent I've ever come across in in the province for insuring actors. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is with WSIB, they won't insure stunt performers, so they become a non a non option if you're if That's you are right. are engaging stunt people. So you have to go the AOS thing. I quite like the AOS right. thing. I, I think it's a great option for you to go with as a filmmaker. And so that's ensuring your 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 talent, your your artists, right? And then yeah. you mentioned you've got yeah. Just the just let crew. me cut in just a second yeah. for we'll go into the volunteer crew in just a second. Okay. But something you said was um, I think worth noting that less so on the insurance side, more so the actor guidelines side. The actor mm-hmm. guidelines um, for um, their low budget guidelines shortened to LBG, and they have tiers for okay. production. So under fifty thousand dollar budgets is where is the space that we're living in so our okay. the budget for our film is about ten thousand just under ten thousand okay All right. so they have different requirements for obviously what you um, what you pay for um the actors also on the accident on set they um, outline how the cost for that is evaluated and that depends a little bit on how many days and um and how many actors right. and things like that so got it um you know it does clarify actra does clarify fairly clearly that it's wsib or aos but aos is required for stunt performers yeah so i think yeah, it's just good sure. to just clarify that for anybody who's like it me is. who's going into a similar situation yeah. yeah and now we've also come across recently we do a lot of performing arts and up until uh, the pandemic up until COVID 19 we didn't have uh, many actor members being engaged for theater productions um, but now what we're finding is that even where they're engaging um you know theater performers there's the need for an actor contract right um, and so we've been asked in Excuse many me. cases now some of our clients have gone the aos route on that but we have found that actor have also accepted what we're able to arrange, which is an occupational accident policy, not nearly as broad. And it's really important to know that it's not nearly as broad as AOS, but it is something that they may, ex- um, you know, that they may accept. Um, so, but it's worth as a producer, if I was the producer, I'd look at it and say, well, what's AOS going to cost me for those, those engaged members? What's it going to cost for something in the open market and compare? What am I getting? And am I giving them the broadest coverage I can? Yeah. Um, now that's a, that's always a consideration too when you've got crew that aren't union, you know, where you're not required to necessarily put insurance in place for them. But consideration, especially on, you know, I know unfortunately with the lower budgets, it makes every dollar so important. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I think about, and I guess it comes from more sort of a moral um, compass, is you know you've got people volunteering their time. Yeah. And, you know, you're all in this project to try and make something that's hopefully a good springboard to the next one. Yeah. But, you know, the question to ask yourself is, should we or do we want to have some occupational insurance available to those people if they happen to be injured Mm -hmm. while working? See, unlike situations where we have WSIB involved, so when you have the workers' comp, the provincial workers' comp, and this is consistent across all of the provinces. There's statutory protection against lawsuits from injured parties, right? So injured employees or workers. When you get outside of that world where you're not participating in WSIB, then an injured party could actually sue you as the producer for somebody's injury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've seen this happen. I've had claims where, um, you know, individuals have been injured i had one that i'll never forget that was somebody was injured very very severely and um they didn't have any direct accident insurance now you'll find with our programs under the commercial general liability policy we will generally build in a coverage known as employer's liability and employer's liability is what's going to respond if there's a lawsuit that stems or emanates out of that injury right 
okay, so no workers comp, they can sue you. And then what we've got to do is say, even if they don't have accident insurance, we got to make sure that you as a producer are going to be defended for that claim. Mm -hmm. The sad reality is they do have to establish, you know, negligence, they do have to establish liability. And without those two things, um, you're not going to be obliged and the policy is not going to be obliged to pay them. So you could have somebody who's volunteered their time, worked for you, done a great job, been injured, and then not have any financial recourse if they can't establish that there's liability on the part of the producer. Yeah. And it's also a protracted process. Let's face it, a lawsuit doesn't settle quickly. No. And so therefore, you know, you've got that. So as a producer, it's always a consideration, right? Do we insure them? Do we not? Absolutely. And an important consideration, right? I mean, the, the it, you know, it's it's all about the evaluation of risk and the risk you're willing to take you know yeah. and yeah um when you know it is even though it is about ifs and sometimes ifs are are iffy you know i you know mm -hmm. the, there is risk attached to yeah, calculated risk you right? know there Absolutely. is a there is a calculated risk and anything that yeah. you can have in place um you know and and of course like like i said and like you know like you reiterated the 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 low budget projects have this tough decision to make um where every penny is counted and they might not be answering to an not like a external financier and everything's sort of privately uh privately funded they have their own finances to consider but something else that you know you have to think about as a producer is um how much it could cost you if something were to go wrong so. Well, you know, this is it, eh? I mean, and, and without sounding too much like an insurance salesman, um, the reality is, is that if, if the premium's a problem to afford, dealing with it uninsured is going to be a real problem. It's going to be a real problem, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, if a if, $1,000 on a premium is going to be a big issue, like a $10,000 legal bill or, a, you know, um, yeah. 50000 is is a nightmare, right? Yeah, so it's, right. again, it sounds, but it's, you know what it is, though, for me, honestly, Cameron, is that it's important that my clients of all sizes, it's more important they know what they're not insured for than really what they are insured for. So yeah. again, going back to the importance of the conversation saying, okay, so what do we got? Here's all of this risk. So let's talk about, it's like you and I did actually, you talk on one of your projects about the vehicles, right? How do we deal with the vehicles? Right, do we yeah. insure them under the policy that you're per arranging or do you insure it with the rental agency? Is there an option for that? And weighing it out, what's the cost of premium on your policy versus the rental agency's daily rate? What are the deductibles? So the deductibles being the amount that you pay if there's damage. Mm -hmm. Like it's important to be able to have that conversation in a way that you understand and you're able to have good information to make good decisions, you know, and it doesn't mean you buy insurance for everything, but it means that you make good decisions, good business decisions around it, because the worst calls to have as a broker is when somebody calls you, tells you something's occurred and, you know, they didn't bring it up or you didn't have the conversation or it wasn't clear, you know, it's better just to have these conversations before something has happened. And then make the decisions, right? Mm -hmm. You're making, as when you're making a film, you're making hundreds of decisions. These all should be decisions you make as well. Absolutely. Right. Um, and we, 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 in terms of the vehicles, we did talk a little bit about um, if you're renting a vehicle um, or if, if a vehicle is being provided, for example, by um, not like a company like U-Haul, but a company like Ontario Camera, for example, who might have a sprinter van or something like right. that that, right. you know, that you use to carry your equipment from point A to point B. And then the other vehicles, of course, that are that are involved on a day-to-day -day basis are, are personal vehicles. So like, um, you know, you might have your key grip driving to set using their own personal. Driving their own vehicle. Their yeah. own vehicle to set. And yeah. most of the time, I mean, all, I mean, most of the time, I'm pretty sure it's all the time. Um, those vehicles are insured by them personally. They would be. Um, yeah. So if that, if something were to, if they were to, if they were to get into an accident driving to work in a paid or unpaid situation, feel yeah. free, any, any way that you can answer the question, feel free. How does your insurance, like, at what point does 
that become do they become your responsibility i guess because yeah you know what i mean now you've no, got great two question. policies sort of battling yeah. each other right yeah yeah no it's a great question and you know it, let's just using ontario let's use ontario as an example mm-hmm. um if it's their own personal vehicle it'll be their their insurance would be kind of considered to be the primary insurance in an ad, on an automobile accident scenario but you know the the risk comes for you as the producer because you hired them mm-hmm. you know and all you need someone to do is say okay so this person had the accident um ontario is a bit different we have a bit of we have a no fault um no fault automobile in, uh, system here so but but you do get a right to sue somebody if you've substantially injured them right and there's some thresholds but the reality let's assume we've got a bad accident somebody's been injured they have the right to sue that individual well, the question is going to be, well, what were they doing at the time they were driving? Oh, they were working for this film production company. Okay, so let's let's tr- tie them in, because let's face it, the more you more parties you bring into a claim, the better chance you've got of of uh, having some success. And so there, as a producer, as the employer, if you will, the mm-hmm. engager, all of a sudden you can find yourself in the claim. And and what we do on our programs and you'll see it on most insurance policies is something called non-owned automobile liability. And that's actually designed to respond to those types of claims. When you find yourself brought in on a claim that's come as a result of a vehicle you don't own, which has either injured somebody or damaged somebody's property. So mm-hmm. your scenario right there would be covered by non-owned auto. It can also respond when you've got a rented vehicle. So your scenario of a the Sprinter van um, you, you, you've got as the owner of that vehicle, they will have insurance on it, but you want to make sure that you've got this non-owned automobile liability insurance, but what they'll probably ask you to do in addition to the liability insurance is they'll want you to insure the physical damage of the vehicle. So if it gets into an accident, the damage needs repaired, needs replacement, they're going to want you to insure that. And again, that's something you can put under your production insurance if you want. What I was saying earlier, though, is I always say to people when you're into shorter term rentals, a couple of days here or there, it's always worth looking at whether you have an option with the agency that you're getting the vehicle from and insuring it with them. And the reason the really the, the most compelling we see, all, you know, we can have every we can have a production go flawlessly, but someone's going to drive into something right at yeah. some point. Oh, someone's yeah. going to back in. Right. I've been on one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all been and, on. You one. know, someone's rushing around, a PA's rushing around, something happens, boom, yeah. they back into another car, or they back into a, you know, a, a pillar, or they do something. Yeah. So what you'll find because of this on production insurance packages, the deductibles are relatively high, um, and so therefore, you know, you could find, you know, yourself with a twenty-five hundred dollar deductible. It could go all the way up to ten thousand. You know, because it's usually a bit of a sliding scale depending on how much damage has occurred. And, you know, there's an unbudgeted amount. All of a sudden you're having to draw out of your, your budget to figure out how to pay the deductible. So sometimes, again, on a shorter period, it might be more economical to look and say, well, does enterprise, does whoever it is that I'm renting my vehicles from, do they offer me an insurance option? How much will it cost me? And what's the deductible mm-hmm. if somebody damages a vehicle? Um, on the longer term projects where we've got vehicles out for, longer periods of time and a lot of them it's not economically feasible to generally insure through the agency so we'll we'll pick those up under the production policies but um again these are things like just to bring to the surface to talk about and make good decisions around yeah and i mean it's less so applicable um what i'm about to say is less so applicable to perhaps a short film independent production environment where again you are scraping pennies but it's you know it's obviously good practice to have a contingency in your budget. So yes. taking eight or ten or eleven or twelve percent of um, the subtotal on your budget sheet and and calculating that and making it a, and and making it a contingency is a good practice. Um, it is is a good practice. I mean, obviously, with the higher the higher the budget, the higher the contingency. So perhaps and and the, the longer the process too. So if you have a feature film, for example, you're going to be working for longer. 
um, and then therefore it increases the likelihood of having an accident. You know, but yeah, it does. you could more vehicles, too, more vehicles, right? more, yeah, more you could, possible um, option, yeah, opportunities for people to drive into things. Yeah, and and if you save the if you save the contingency, maybe your contingency is ten, twenty thousand dollars. That's a lot of glory hole donuts at the end of the day for your company's <laughs> marketing campaign. It sure is, yeah. right? The um, thing is, is that the uh, you know, and it's important. I'm glad you brought that up about contingencies because, you know, you got to remember that all of these insurance coverages have deductibles. Yeah. Right. So you, you want to make sure you, you understand your deductibles and, and you know, what, what you'll get is a summary. It'll list the deductibles. Make sure you're comfortable with it. Some of them are mandated on us by the insurance company, but you also have some options um, maybe to decide what your deductible is going to be. And in certain cases, deductibles, if you take a higher deductible, if you can afford it, it can be a way as well of managing the cost a little bit and bringing it down. Um, depending, again, on the scale of the production, you know, higher premiums, you've got more latitude there to negotiate mm -hmm. um, uh, a deductible and bringing the premium down. But they're all, again, knowing what you've got there. And, um, you know, I always think, I, I always like working with producers and production managers and line producers that, are looking at the summaries of coverage that we give them and understanding it rather than just saying, okay, does the premium fit within the line item on the budget? Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like it's like, okay, it, it fits. It like it works. Yeah, and then they works. go on and they never think about the insurance again. It's far better off, like look at it and then you don't have surprises. Right. Because one of the first questions I always get when someone reports a claim is, so what is our deductible? Like how much is our deductible going to be? So I know a lot of people don't look at it, even though we try to give them very detailed, yeah, and this is, you know, this very is, detailed this is, summaries. Yeah. And this is interesting. I think I heard this somewhere. I don't know if it's totally true, but because I wouldn't be familiar with the American system, but I heard that the way that a Canadian production budgets is different from the way that American production budgets. The way that the Americans do it is they take a script and from the script and the schedule and the and the arrangements, they get quotes for everything and those are the values that they put into the budget. And when they send that budget to the um, distributor as part of the pitch, it either gets approved or it doesn't. It either gets approved or it doesn't. But the way that yeah. Canadians budget is You'll put a uh, you'll put a value into that line item before actually obtaining a quote. Yeah, well, but the Americans you know, take the quote and that value goes into their line item, and then they try and save money by getting multiple quotes from multiple companies. Yeah, and trying to leverage it, right? Yeah. So that you leverage it, and and the thing is, is that yeah, I mean, different. I guess different producers, line producers, production managers have different ways of budgeting, mm -hmm. right? But we do get a lot of phone calls and I'm happy always to take those calls and work with clients in this terms of establishing what an insurance budget is going to be, um, you know, and, and then your line item is pretty darn close to what it's going to be. I generally will give a fairly liberal indication just so that they've got a bit of buffer, you know, yeah. a bit of contingency on it. And then yeah. we just, we will send it out to multiple insurers and we'll, we'll have them all quote and we'll try and create a bit of competition between the insurers in order to get the best premium and the best scope of coverage in terms on the table for the client. So it, it is a process that takes place. And again, you know, one of the things going back to like having some lead time, <clears throat> if you have some lead time, it gives us the opportunity to really manage that process effectively for the, the it's hard when, you know, someone comes in and says, okay, we're going to start shooting on Friday. It's Monday morning. We need to get insurance. And you're like, okay, so we're trying to rush the process. Yeah. Leave the time, you know, like go out, let get the applications done, the questionnaires, submit your budgets and your shooting schedules. It doesn't all have to be nailed down exactly as it's going to play out, mm -hmm. but at least get it into the hopper. And then you're not rushing and you're not taking the first thing. And the problem is too, right? When you're rushing, you don't want to even, you know, you don't even necessarily want to have the conversations I'm I'm suggesting you have with your broker about things like vehicles and risk and mm -hmm. all of that, right? And something could get missed because people are rushing at that point. So um, yeah, little lead time because because realistically, for us to manage a process, uh, you know, as you know, we have our online products which are fantastic. They're self serve. You can get in there, get your policy arranged. But if if we're having to go to insurance companies, we're having to negotiate. 
we're having to do a lot of Q&A back and forth. You know, they may be interested in certain elements of the production that need more information. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to allow yourself a reasonable amount of time, like 30 to 45 days It is ideal, right? Because you're not rushing, you're getting, you know, everybody's getting the information they need. And in the end, that's going to be better for you as the producer, because A, you're going to get the best premium and you're going to have time to make all those decisions we're talking about. Yeah, and 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 the on the front row insurance website, like you start, you started to allude there, you know, the short shoot production insurance very easy to it you is. know to go in and yeah. there's like it's five or six thing. different steps, you know, yeah. once everything's filled out, you can literally get your quote and purchase the premium for the insurance at the same time. Yeah, um, and you get your certificates uh, right, exactly. so that you can issue so your certificates and you know. Um, it feels I, uh, a really important spot in our in the entertainment world for sure. Yeah, Those are and great pro- products. you know, we started talk we started by talking about the stigma, and you know, I think I think the people generally that I, you know, am am in in contact with more is more the younger crowd of people who kind of just are are just sort of starting out. That's generally where. Uh, I got a lot of the, I got a lot of the stigma and it's like, well, I don't know what to do. You know, yeah. um, front row makes it so easy, you know, front row. Yeah, well, you got, emerging you know, filmmakers are important people, to us, right? Yeah. Like, and most, important to us. most short film production shoots are less than 15 days. So the, yeah. you know, the short shoot is, uh, is an excellent program, like an excellent way yeah. for somebody to get, uh, if they are in a crunch, in a time crunch, um, you know, and the, and the nuts and bolts of the policy don't have to be, you know, discussed as, you know, as specifically as perhaps it would if, you know, you were in a situation where you have a longer production or a more yeah. specialized, you know, That's tons right. of stunts, tons of violence, tons of this, tons of that yeah. kind of thing. And there has to be that discussion. Um, yeah. But it's important that people know that it's it's not not hard. Like... You no, know, to no. get a quote, you can get a quote in less than 30 minutes and, it's super uh, fast. you know, yeah. it's super fast and, and, um, you know, and it's under, it's, you know, the, the two times I've done it the, this time and the last time, uh, it's under a thousand dollars to get a, to get a, yeah. a you know, a, a nice quote for, um, uh, you know, for, um, you know, say $85,000 worth yeah. of equipment yeah. and, you know, yeah. maybe, uh, you know, a simple uh, prop sets wardrobe um, yeah. type of uh, allocation, you know. Um, and and this is proof that, you know, just discussing it with your broker is easier than maybe some people realize. So I think pe- more people should go out yeah. and just... Yeah, give them a call. Get to know all the know. insurance brokers, right? Yeah, yeah, give them a call. <laughs> Expand your network to include um, insurance brokers. The, yeah. the inter- I want to just make a point on the short sure. shoot. Sorry there. No worries. But no worries. you know what's nice about that product as well is you're not compromising or sacrificing coverage on the premium. You yeah. know, we're, we've got we've got the same types of coverages that we put on the larger projects. It's just the premium is scaled to the size of, of the smaller projects. So it's not as though you have to be sacrificing the risk protection in order to get a premium. And that's why we built it the way we did, because we didn't, you know, um, we, you know, we, we wanted people to be able to, okay, they're doing a short project. Yes. They need it quickly or they need a quote at two in the morning when they're working through their budget and they need to know how much that insurance is going to cost. And it's been a great success for us. So we're really happy. And, and as I say, emerging filmmakers, new filmmakers, you know, those, those are important to us because, you know, um, many of those go on, you know, to produce great, yeah. you know, great productions, larger productions. And uh, it's nice for us to get to know them right from day one. And we've seen many of our clients go from a thousand dollar policy up to, you know, the policies that are hundreds of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. right? Just, just because the scale of their projects grew. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I, it's yeah it's just it's just so it it, you know like you said it's so funny because a lot of young filmmakers and younger producers will do their budget at two o'clock in the morning um i mean this is at this point for for younger producers a lot of them have uh, a part-time job that's 
Yeah, for you know, sure. allowing them to do yeah. this to pursue uh, this to pursue this passion, this passion right? and yeah. hopefully eventually yeah. turn the passion into a full time job um, somewhere down the line, or like you said, get a bigger project. You know, yeah, um, yeah. You, you know, when it comes to bigger projects, you might not be producing right away, um, but you'll you know, it's a good way of also um, you know learning learning. Uh, the process through a shorter pro through like a shorter process. Yeah, absolutely. Where where, it, um, where it's not quite as complex. Yeah, right? exactly. Where yeah, it's yeah. you know it's got all the moving parts, but um, and you know also too it's it's great opportunity because this is where you're establishing your network, isn't it? Of people at the locations or sorry at the at the rental houses, post production. Like you're getting all of these different contacts, right? So. Mm -hmm. As part of that, it should be an insurance broker, an accountant, yeah. a lawyer, all of those professional service providers. Great time to do it. Yeah. yeah, and the time to do it is early, early on in the process. Yeah, it's good habits, right? I always, I've always felt that in business, that you know, um, regardless of what you're doing, if you approach it uh, in a way that you know you do it the same way every time, it's going to make it a lot easier down the road, right? Even when there's variables, and there's, mm -hmm. let's face it making a movie or making anything is, is going to have variables along the way. Absolutely. And hundreds of decisions. Um, the, um, we're at a good point, I think an hour okay. 17. Um, oh yeah. Wow. That's incredible. We, uh, but we did, uh, we did talk, uh, before about possibly doing this again. Um, and, um, we will have to meet in person eventually. I told Grant that I would love I'd to like come to and, do that. and visit yeah. and just say, oh, that'd hi. be awesome. Um, yeah. The uh, before we go, we'll just quickly summarize. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, E and O and production insurance and the different kinds of insurance. We talked about timelines and accessibility and stigma and dealing with front row insurance and the difference between brokers and insurance companies. We talked a little bit about the spe the specific aspects of your uh, of your insurance um, of your insurance plan. Uh, claims in different situations and all those decisions. I think this is a really great discussion for people to um, to learn something or at least get them started on their process and dealing with with a broker and hopefully highlights the importance of um, bring, bringing brokers and lawyers and professionals on board um, even if it's just to ask questions, not yeah. too many questions if it's a lawyer because they'll be expensive. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, we never but just, ask you know, but just bringing them on board to uh, to uh, you know just keep learning, you know. That well, kind it of is. Thing. It's so, learning, right? And it's it's learning what you don't know, and and then applying it to the next situation too, right? Exactly. The more you know, the better your questions can be, and the better your questions, the the better the answers, right? That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. So www dot front row insurance dot com. Um, that is it. There are. Uh, it's not just based in Toronto. I I don't think we said that. No, I, we there, didn't actually say more, that. There's more. There are other offices across Canada, and I think in the United States. Why you have yeah, an office so we in have LA as office, well? Yeah, yeah. We have Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, and then LA, as you said, and uh, then we've got some people in New York, and. Um, and uh, that's pretty much what we, we've got right now. And uh, but through that group, we're able to service all kinds yeah, of yeah. production shot any uh, shot in all places around the world. So and it's important. It's obviously important to note that while we were chatting, we were referencing um, Ontario and Canada mostly. Yes. Um, but if you do have a situation that is um, outside of Ontario or, or Canada, that you know things might change the spe specifics of certain yeah. things and laws and different um, regions might might change so just keep yeah, that in mind yeah. obviously but yeah, absolutely um, keep that your broker can help you so www.frontrowinsurance.com uh, well, yeah. um, how does how does somebody get uh, in touch with you or your office uh, certainly they they're welcome to email me um, as a as a main contact it's easy it's steve at frontrowinsurance.com there you go and um and then what i can do is uh help them myself or i can you know refer them to one of my colleagues that uh 
may have a, a different specialty, um, but we can certainly get them pointed in the right direction, and I'd be happy to do that. Fantastic. And all the information is on the website, too. So I, I believe your phone Yeah, lots of information. And, We've got an extremely uh, active blog, some great there information go. there. We're yeah. always trying to improve it, always trying to put things in there that uh, people can learn from. So definitely, definitely um, go to the front row. Uh, website and uh, have a look at the different blogs and they're all written by our people so you'll get to uh, get to know you know all those different names so, as well somewhere to start and uh, it is and, it is somewhere to start and um, always welcome to call front row too they're you know Steve's been great when we've been chatting and um, you know I had some good experiences with other other yeah. other colleagues of yours so yeah, I love um, a conversation. It's the greatest way to go. Email's one thing, but yeah, we email. get to know each other better when we, we get to hear each other's voices. That's, Ex for sure. that's exactly right. <laughs> and just so everybody on, uh, you know, Framework, the last podcast about film uh, is uh, brought to you by Red Curtain Entertainment. You can um, reach out to our show by emailing rcepodcasts at gmail.com if you have questions or concerns or comments or suggestions for future episodes. Um, or if you have a company similar to Front Row and you want to do something similar, um, just to spread some of the wealth of information, we're happy to do that as well. So send us an email, and um, you know we'd love to we'd love to chat with you. Thanks so much, Steve, for coming on Cameron, the show thank and, for, you. and for chatting. And we'll do it it's again. An absolute pleasure. Absolute um, pleasure. It was a, it was yep. an, a fantastic. Thank you so much. A great experience. And um, also yeah. thank you, thank Kevin, you. too, for helping us out in the background. Thanks, Kevin. Um, good luck with the, you know, the rest of your day there and, and the training well. and all that. Kind of yeah, stuff, we're so. bringing lots of new people on. So it's yeah, great. that's great. All right. That's okay. Great. Thanks, Cameron. All right. Okay, you have Steve. a great day. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Bye.